This is Closer to the Fire from the Voice of the Martyrs Canada with a focus on the persecuted church around the world. I'm Greg Musselman. Some of the worst persecution committed against the followers of Jesus are for those who have converted from another religion. Nadella Araju grew up in a strict Muslim home in Syria. But even as a child, he began to have questions about Islam and questioned his religion and eventually made a decision that would not only change his life, but put his life in danger. Nadella, welcome to Closer to the Fire. Hey, Greg. Nice to see you again, brother. Yeah, good to see you. Uh, we initially actually met in Lebanon after you left Syria. Then we've reconnected since you moved to Canada. Uh, your story is amazing. That's, of course, why I wanted to get you onto the program today. So let's go back into your childhood. You grew up, uh, as I mentioned, in a Muslim home in Syria. Your father, uh, not only a Muslim, but he was also a sheikh, a very powerful Muslim leader from a big tribe. Uh, so, I mean, there was a lot of pressure for you to to follow the Islamic ways. Yes, brother. Uh, my father is a tribe king or a tribe leader, and he's a Muslim sheikh, and he's a businessman. For that, he have his uh, all this powerful and authority in our area in Syria. So he was somebody that was uh, intimidating. Uh, and we'll talk more about uh, his reaction after you had made this life-changing decision to follow Jesus. But between the ages of 6 and 13, you actually studied Sharia Islam, which would have been required. But some doubts started to enter your mind, even as, an, even as a child. So what was it that you were thinking about? Yeah, and that time after I finished Sharia Allah from age 6 till age 13, I came to home as like a Muslim leader, uh, full educated, but not as a believer. And that time I started hearing a voice talking in my head. It was clear, strong and soft voice telling me, Nadalla, go to Lebanon. Wow. So what was though about uh, some of the things about Islam that you were maybe struggling with? Yeah, because as a child, I learned like how to do all the Muslim traditional thing. Especially I learned about jihad when I was a child. In the age of eight, I learned how to kill someone with a smile in my face. But that caused me to not smile at all and having bad dreams, nightmares. Sometimes I love to don't go to sleep because I don't want to see like the bad dreams and the blood in my dreams. So it was radical Islam that was scaring you and getting you to question your islamic religion so you make a decision at 14 to follow jesus and again for those of us that you know became christians in canada you know not in my case not a christian home but i never felt any threat and i was actually a little bit older i was in my early 20s but you were 14 and nadala you made a decision to follow jesus what what was happening at that time to make a decision that you knew was not going to be pleasing to your father and could put your very life in danger yeah, and that time, honestly, before I became a Christian, I didn't believe in any God anymore. I said in my head, God is just an illusion. Mm. But after I read someone's testimony, I had a depression in my life. And after that, I was seeking God who created the earth in heaven. But in a vision, it's a real vision, Jesus Christ came to me and told me, Nadala, I'm the way and the truth and the life. And after that, everything in my life changed. And after I read the, the gospel and I found this is Jesus Christ, I know what's going to cost me. But I said, Lord, I'm yours and I will follow you because you are the only one who took the sin from my life away. 
Wow. Having, I mean, I know so many Muslims that I've met that have converted, become Christians, and it's often through a dream or a vision. So in your case, you're already having some doubts about Islam. Uh, you were worried that, you know, you'd have to join the jihad and, and kill people. Now you have a vision of Jesus, and he's telling you he is the way. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And so at 14, you made the decision. What happened then after uh, it became known that you were now a believer in Jesus? Yeah, and this time, like after about a year and a half, my family, they got to know I'm a Christian now. So my cousin, they called my father. They said, your son, it is an infidel now because mm. he followed Jesus Christ. So the answer it was, his blood is free. It is mean, kill him. I clean the shame of tribe with the blood. And that caused me to run away. And all these years, it's caused me to have 22 times they're trying to kill me with 18 signs in my body from like a sharp thing or a knife. And this has caused me to lose my cousin who became a believer and to, uh, to lose my older brother because he became a believer in 2014. And we'll talk more about your brother uh, a little bit later on. So what are some of the attacks that you suffered and at what age did those things started to happen? Yeah, those things all uh, almost the age of 16 till like uh, at 27, I had all these attacks. Uh, some of them like a knife, or I, uh, like a sharp knife came to my stomach. Seven times of those attacks, like I was very close to death. And uh, just because God's grace, I'm here. What did you think when you're going through all these attacks? I mean, you're just a 16-year-old at that time and facing death. Was there any time, Nadella, that you thought maybe I should just return back to Islam? I never think like I will return back to Islam, but uh, in this time, always every attack is make my faith strong. But one time when I lost my older brother, when he became a believer, I call him my son of promise, the son of faith. I was telling God, Lord, I don't know. I don't want to do ministry anymore in my life. And uh, it was like time of like struggling with myself, questioning the Lord, but uh, for a couple of days, I, I found Jesus is the center of my life. If I lost my brother, I lost my cousin, maybe one day I will lose my life, but I will stay in my faith because this is the only living and true God. Were you then starting to really understand, Nandela, at that time about the cost of following Jesus? I mean, for those who have been around the church a long time, they're, you know, aware of what it says in the Bible that Jesus told us to take up our cross. You know, also the Apostle Paul, you know, said that I've been crucified with Christ. It's not I who live. So those are verses that, you know, certainly make it very clear that there, you know, there is an extreme cost to following Jesus. Did you understand that right from the beginning, Nadala? I was understand like maybe my my life in danger now maybe uh, they're gonna kill me or they're gonna do all that thing but i wasn't realized how much that hard until i lost my older brother and i feel like this is hard and i cannot like handle that things but i thank the lord for the grace of god who just handled me and gives me peace in my heart and give me understanding for the the how to leave the the cost of following jesus you know, one of the things that I have uh, really, I guess, pondered in my travels around the world and meeting believers that have come to Christ, you know, as teenagers, and I've met them when they were still teens. Of course, now I've met you. Uh, you're an adult. Uh, you've studied the word. Uh, you've processed a lot of the things that you've gone through. But 
often and and it is many times muslims and yes it's sometimes hindus buddhists and people come from other religions to follow jesus but the understanding right away that there's this cost and and maybe even haven't had an opportunity to study the bible but here you are as a young man who actually you even went through some difficult times uh, i guess you can maybe call them rebellious times as a young man and just being confused in life, I understand that. Then Jesus comes in and everything starts to change. But for you, Nadella, you know, you have talked to and met many Christians who come from Muslim backgrounds. Has that impressed you uh, that they're able to stand so strong at the very beginning of their walk with Jesus? Uh, honestly, like someone who became from like uh, uh, this old experience, when I see a new brothers and sisters in the Lord from a Muslim background from the beginning, I'm just telling them, like as an evangelist, like always telling the people, listen, there's a cost. Maybe this is will cause you your life. Maybe you will lose your family. You will lose your, your country. And always I found the answer. I will have no problem to lose everything for the God who is true and living God who is changing my life. And always when I see these people coming to faith, almost every day, I remember myself. I remember my brother, my cousin, the others, brothers and sisters who's losing a lot of things about their faith. But uh, I'm not impressed always, but I'm always happy to see someone. He, he wants to pay the cost of following Jesus. Yeah, the cost is incredible. And, and of course, we do know that there are Muslims that under that kind of pressure or Hindus or others that have converted and become Christians, that they do go back uh, to Islam. We understand that. And, and again, that's why discipleship is so important. And it is discouraging, you know, when people that have made that decision to follow Jesus but go back. Now, you certainly were not one of those people that uh, went back to Islam. And, of course, we're so grateful that the Lord has, uh, you know, kept you safe. He's brought you to Canada. And uh, the amazing work that we're going to talk about a little bit later that you're involved in, so how did then you leave Syria and then end up in Lebanon? Because when I had this voice talking in my head, when I returned to my family in the age of 13, I was hearing this voice like clear and soft and strong. Nadalla, go to Lebanon. I thought, am I crazy? Like someone talking in my head? And that time my father, he had the three wives. I had uh, 18 siblings and all this noisy. I'm trying like in this time... I will sleep on the day, not on the night. Maybe someone joking with me. And this time I heard the clearly, well, all this noisy. I heard like, Nadalla, go to Lebanon. So I had some money and I left to Lebanon just to, to found that voice. So Nadella, you left Syria in 2007. And that, of course, is before the war and everything that was going on and all the turmoil. But you're a new believer. You arrive in Lebanon. You're new in your faith and you seek out a pastor. But that was not an easy thing to have a pastor actually talk to you. Why was that? Yeah, uh, after I had my discipleship prayer meeting with someone on the internet, he told me, Nadalla, now it is time to found a church, uh, like a local church or a pastor to leading you. So uh, because my father is uh, famous, like everyone is well known about what he's doing, I called like uh, 23 churches. Hello, this is Nadalla Raju. I like to come to the church because this has happened with me. And this time they just said, your father is Rafi. Yes, sir. We will call you back. And they blocked my number just because my father is, he knows, like, if he knows, like, I'm going to this church, he's going to destroy this church. At 23 churches blocking my number, and they wasn't able to welcome me to go to the church. What did that do for you personally? It must have been discouraging. 
kind of discouraging, but in the same time, kind of understanding. Because I said, like, I'm, I'm willing to pay the cost, but maybe these people, they don't know. And I thank the Lord. I had, like, a spiritual monitor on the internet. He was always telling me, Nadalla, don't let this thing do discourage you. Just pray for the Lord. He will open the door in one day in his timing. So eventually you did find a pastor that would talk to you. Uh, what were some of the discussions that you had with him in terms of maybe the questions you had and, and wanting to grow in your faith? Yeah, uh, I met a pastor, thank the Lord. He's Lebanese-American. He went back to Lebanon to plant a church. After I met him and uh, we went to the church, the Lord started using the church for me to grow in my faith. But all the questions uh, I had not about the Trinity or God or Jesus, how I can grow more, or I, how I can know more, or can I like putting question mark when I'm studying the Bible? And it was like very blessing to have a pastor like that in, in, in my life. Now, after you make your decision to follow Jesus, you want to bring your family members to Christ. Of course, that is difficult. They're in Syria, you're in Lebanon. But uh, your brother, as you mentioned at the beginning, he ultimately paid with his life to follow Jesus. Tell me about how you were able to talk to him about the Lord and him eventually accepting Jesus as his personal Savior. Yeah, about after five years when I became a believer, or six years when I became a believer, my family, they looking for me, and there's was like nine people with full-time payment. They just looking for Nadalla to kill Nadalla because I'm the shame of the tribe, and they have to clean that shame with the blood. But it is better to do it like if my older brother, he will do it. This is better for him. So I think they found like, where is my uh, my location? They call, uh, called my father and they said, we know where he is. And uh, he sent my older brother to come to Lebanon to kill me. But thank the Lord, it was the border between Syria and Lebanon. That time it was closed because there's some political thing between Syria and Lebanon. Mm. And this time I just got a call after two days. My brother saying like, I cannot escape to Lebanon now to kill you, but I will come. And I was like, just answering him. Listen, brother, I love you because you're my brother. And if you will do that, I will be happy because I will be with my Savior, with my Lord. And he said, like, why you didn't talk like before? Because you had, like, a, a, a bad words when you're going to say, like, when you uh, you will respond to someone like that. And same time, he started questioning why I was, like, comfortable and talking with him in peace, uh, like peaceful way. And he just questioned that thing. And I told him because the living and true God who I know through his Bible telling me don't to talk like a bad thing, just to say something with grace and with with mercy. And from this moment, he started questioning my life and, and my faith. So he's seen the difference then that Jesus had made in your life. And originally he's off to go kill you. Sounds kind of like a guy in the Bible named Saul who was off to go kill the Christians and then he, of course, had that dramatic encounter with Jesus, became the Apostle Paul, wrote half the New Testament. And so your brother actually was on his way to kill you, but then he saw how your life had been changed. So when did he decide to make a decision to follow Christ? Yeah, he called me after that about 10, 15 times just to make sure like I'm not blaming him or just show him like I'm like this peaceful man. And after that, he started asking about the Bible, who I read it, and I became a believer. So I sent for him then the same PDF I had, the New Testament. He read it. And after he read it, that, that New Testament, he said, listen, I cannot pray my, my Islamic prayer anymore. What should I do? I asked him, 
what happened in your heart? He said, I believe that word is not like uh, fake, like what we, they told us. I, I believe this is like a, a living a word of God. And I believe in Jesus Christ. He's the only one he can forgive my sins. And this way, we just came together. I explained more for him about uh, the Christian faith, about Jesus Christ. And he became a believer in that moment after almost six months after he was start talking with me. Wow, he makes the decision to follow Jesus. So six months later, and then eventually he would pay with his life. What happened and what were the circumstances uh, surrounding his martyrdom? Yeah, that time, because my father, he's a tribe leader. And same time, he's like a militia leader fight, fighting the Syrian government, other like militias in, in Syria. And ISIS came to our area. They want to protect our area or take over. But uh, my father, he's willing to fighting them. And he asked my brother to go to jihad. And he said, listen, I cannot do all that things because God who created the earth in heaven, he's telling us to, to love our enemy. We have a lot of money. We can move to different city. And he told him, what about jihad? And that time he uh, he rejected that. And he talking about the God in the Bible and how he he teach to love your enemies. And my father, he said, like, I never know that. From where that? And he told him, this is from the gospel. And this time, my father, he took his handgun and he decided to send him home. And he been with the Lord. That it was affecting me because I was like... Uh, Planning with him over the phone three months, like how to share the gospel in our city, in our province, how to, to see our neighbors, our relatives, they become a believers. But in this time, he want to be home. And I was discouraged, putting question, uh, like question mark on my life. And Lord, I love you. And I love to serve you. And I love my brother. And, and now he's with you. How I can share the gospel in my city, in my area, in my village with my relatives. And that was discouraging me for yeah. almost two months. And after that, I just realized Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. He's the center of my life. After two months thinking to leave the, the ministry, still a believer. I never uh, thought like I will leave my faith or I deny Jesus. But I just thought like I will leave the ministry. But after two months putting question marks, I found Jesus. He's the center of my life. I cannot be living this life without serving Jesus and, and sharing the gospel, seeing new people coming to faith. So it actually strengthened your faith in Jesus. I mean, there's the emotional part, of course. You've lost your dear brother who is now a brother in Christ, and he's gone, and you have to carry on. Were you getting some encouragement from uh, believers in Lebanon at that time, Nadella, as you were going through this very painful time? Yeah, it was great to see the believers understanding there is someone who paid the cost and uh, and I'm here and they need like they want and they came and they love to be with me just to 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 carry me just to show me their love and God's love. And I found like I'm in my family. I'm in the middle of my family. I, I lost my father and my mom and my sibling, but now I'm with uh, not just like my physical brothers and sisters, my spiritual brothers and sisters, mm. and they just encouraging me with the word of God. How did uh, the rest of your family react when your brother was killed? Or or do you know uh, what their reaction was when uh, your brother was killed because he had converted to Christianity? Yeah, their reaction was it's the same that uh, when they have the reaction on my uh, on my life when I became a believer and they said we want to kill him because in the tribe mindset this is shame and they have to clean the shame with the blood or to to killing that who uh, who like became infidel for them and 
I know from like some friends they became more happy even they didn't like uh, bury him or put him in a regular grave and all that things and uh, they was kind of happy having a happiness because that happened and they was proud of that things wow that's uh, that that's discouraging that uh, you know your brother's life uh, you know didn't maybe lead to some of them coming to the lord at least at that time uh, have you had any communication with your family over the years brother i don't have a communication with my family but i have a communication with a group from my city and i thank the lord they like 17 one of them they became a believers they didn't live in syria now they live in different country it's a little bit dangerous for them to to stay in syria but i heard like uh, a lot of thing of them like they saying we had a lot of question marks why he he came and he giving his life to jesus but when they became a believers and when they like explain the love of jesus the new life with the lord and they said now we know why someone he he decided to giving his life just to to stay in his faith Oh, what a powerful testimony that is. So how old were you then at that point uh, when your brother was killed? Uh, I was almost 20 years old. So you were still really a relatively new Christian at that time, just, you know, five, six years into your walk with Jesus. So at that time, you're in Lebanon. Uh, you're now thinking about ministry, even as a young man. So is that something you felt kind of immediately called to that, you know, you could go to Lebanon and and then eventually, of course, you would come to Canada, just get a normal job and just kind of keep a low profile. But uh, you felt a call to ministry right away. Yeah, this is the reality. I wasn't want to be in ministry, but the Lord, he closed all the doors for me and still one door is open, the ministry door. I want to be like just a normal believer going to the church and that's it. And just sharing with like uh, uh a small amount of people but from the first day i became believer i had that in my heart go jump from your window tell the people what happened with you why yeah. you what you saw on the vision and same time when i go into uh, like a uh, transportation i cannot close my mouth just talking about jesus and this is was a blessing because in that ministry just in, in public transportation the lord blessed me to plant seven home churches wow yeah, so it, in sense, it wasn't your actual decision to go into ministry. It was like every door closed, and that's why you chose to go into ministry. And and as I've got to know you, you're very passionate in your faith, and and uh, you know you're not pushy, but you are determined uh, to share the gospel of Jesus. So, what is it like for Muslims? that convert to Christianity in Syria? I know we've already heard your story and your brother's story. Is that something that's happening right across the country? Of course, Syria has this incredible uh, history going back 2,000 years. You know, we talked about uh, the Apostle Paul, who was Saul. He was actually on a, the road to Damascus, which is in Syria. Uh, so there's this, you know, 2,000 years of history. There's large churches there. But what is it like then for uh, believers that do convert from Islam into Christianity? Yeah, thank the Lord for the internet now, especially because I'm using the internet to share the gospel with the Syrian and Muslim people in Syria. And I see like across the country every day, there's a new believers they became because they're looking for hope and they're looking for love. And they said, we cannot find that out of Jesus Christ. We cannot find like the living word of God out of the gospel. For that we see every day, like from seven years till now, Every day I can see a new believers coming from different city in Syria. So 2010, you started ministry to Muslims. 
are they for the most part open to hearing the message of Jesus or are there are lots of obstacles when you first encounter them? Uh, you know, most of the people, they just cheering and they said, okay, thank you. But uh, we, I found like in 2010 until 2017, a small amount, they was like open for the gospel. But now after ISIS came and all these problems happened in the Middle East, we found the people more open for the gospel because they are questioning their faith. They looking for something to, to fill their hearts because they are thirsty to pleasing God. And they said, when we share the gospel with them, this is what I need. This is what I'm looking for. Now, the second most important thing that happened in your life is you met a young lady in Lebanon, uh, Rochelle, from a Christian background. Tell me about uh, your relationship with her, because she's marrying now a former Muslim, and I'm sure she had teaching in her background, you know, stay away from those people. So how did you guys get together? Yeah, uh, I was sharing the gospel online in Lebanon in uh, an application like I didn't have to use uh, my uh, email or my, soul, uh, my phone number. So I just got a message from a lady saying in English, God bless you. And that time I wasn't an English speaker. I was like just speaking Arabic. So I found after a few days on Google Translate, it is me and God bless you in Arabic. I sent her back and she knows about my ministry. She became, uh, came to share the gospel with me on the street. And wow. after that, I found like I like her. <laughs> so I came, Rachel, I love you because this is what I felt in my heart. My life, it is uh, kind of like I had a lot of problems, but I found, oh, I love this lady. And, and after that, we became praying together over like two years. And we found this is like from the Lord. He need uh, uh, us to be together. But we found a lot of like problems from the family. Like this is a former Muslim, maybe uh, friends, they told her like one day maybe he will come back to Islam and he's gonna marry uh, four wives. But she knows me, and same time she can see like God give us a grace to to share the gospel with the others. And before she came like my life partner, she became my ministry partner. Hmm. In 2019, the Lord blessed us to to become together as a as a husband and wife, and uh, we start in that time not just in new life as a, as a, a married life. We start. In your ministry, it's called Voice of Faith. Yeah, and we're going to talk about Voice of Faith. So uh, you got married in 2019, but in 2018, you came to Canada. Did you find then, uh, I guess you have to really have a life partner that has that same passion, at least in your case, that uh, this is you're all in for Jesus, and you have this incredible passion uh, to share the gospel with Muslims. Why is that so deep in your heart, Nadella? Uh, because I had the I had the, the the darkness from Islam from the old religion I was in, and I can see my friends, my relatives, my like people from my country, from other countries, like they are in the darkness, and they are thirsty for the the living and 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 true God. For that, like I have a fire in my heart, and I thank the Lord, same fire in my wife's heart, just to show them Jesus, just just to explain Jesus, just to they gonna have the same experience we have from the the Holy Spirit. So, Nadella, let's talk about uh, your ministry called Voice of Faith. Uh, it's an online radio ministry. You're reaching thousands of people, uh, Arabic-speaking people, people from Muslim backgrounds in Canada, uh, in the Arabic world, all over the world. Do you warn them, though, if they do make this decision to follow Jesus, that they could be persecuted? Yes, always I'm just telling them, listen, my brother or sister, I want to tell you something. Maybe if you follow Jesus, you're going to lose your life. Maybe you're going to lose your family. 
maybe something will happen to you. Always I heard, especially from this young believers, yes, we have no problem to lose everything to be with the Lord. Maybe we will lose this life now, but we will have eternal life. One of the things, and we talked about a little bit earlier, and I've uh, been involved in, uh, you know, Muslim ministries with people because of our work with the Voice of the Martyrs, and uh, much of the persecution happens in the Muslim world, that there are those that, that when they're under pressure, go back into Islam, or they're Christian, but they're very, very secretive, and, you know, it's very difficult for them, and we're not judging anybody, you know, if they're just a secret Christian and they don't want to share the gospel, we understand that. But the discipleship part of, the, of this, is that something that's really deep in your heart with Voice of Faith and, and the interactions, because you've also been a pastor in Ontario as well, uh, really helping people to become solid in their faith? Yeah. Uh, when I became a believer because I had the discipleship on the internet, so I found that the people became believers, this is good. But to know the Word of God through the discipleship, this is wonderful. So my model and my ministry just, Read the Bible with the people, making a discipleship. And this is, I can't find in my ministry, like Voice of Faith, three years until now, I didn't hear from anyone here back to Islam, but one of the of the people in one Middle Eastern country, now he's in jail because he rejected to say, no, I didn't believe in Jesus or to back to Islam. Now he's in jail for two years and he's always sending letters and he say, listen, I'm standing in my faith. I'm standing mm -hmm. for my faith. I'm reading my Bible. I'm not discouraged or, or feeling sad because I'm jailed. I'm in the jail. Just I want to, to ask you to pray for me and for my family, and I'm happy to pay that cost. This is this brother, he had been the problem with him, but the others, they just staying in their faith because they know the word of God. And we have like weekly meetings, always having this Zoom meeting, thank the Lord for the internet, just yeah. to know the word more and to grow more in, in our faith. And that's the reality, too, is that those, yes, some Muslims do recant their faith. They go back into Islam from Christianity, but they also come back as well. Uh, everybody's at a different level and different passion. I mean, Nadali, you're one of those people that it's stuck right away. You haven't walked away. You have just kept going. God has called you to ministry. Uh, not everybody has that same kind of strong faith. And that's why we really need to be praying. But you must be encouraged when you hear so many Muslims around the world are like you coming into relationship with Jesus. Yeah, it is, it is encouraging to see people coming to Jesus and same time, like from the first 10, 15 days, they want to share the gospel with their families. They want to share the gospel with their relatives, with the, with the people around them. One of them, he just told me something uh, like it is in back me. He said, we are the people around us. They didn't like reject the gospel because they, they know the gospel. They reject the gospel because they don't know. And please teach me how to reach the gospel for my family because they want to know the gospel. Before we go to prayer, and I want you to lead us in prayer because we do believe that is the most important thing that we can do. Tell me just some of the things that you're doing uh, with, with Voice of Faith. And I'm going to put the information into our episode notes. We'll also have it on the screen here, as you can see now. Uh, but what are some of the things that you're doing, uh, you know, in terms of drawing people to Jesus, helping them grow in their faith, and, and some of the things that you're teaching them so that they will be strong in their faith in Christ? Yeah, we do different things, but we start with the Bible communication, talking with them, showing them the, the Bible, the Word of God, sharing the gospel with them like they just became believers after we, we shared the gospel. 
After that, we do a discipleship with them just to growing in their faith. We still like uh, uh, do that for everyone became a believer. After that, we will find for them a local church because we believe in the membership in the church. We found a local church or a home a group for them. And after that, we will still and follow up with them just to make sure they stuck in their faith, they growing in their faith. And after that, when we found some of them called for ministry, we just do a, a training for them how to start be a missionary for their uh, for their uh, nation or for their families or in their cities. That's just wonderful. And, uh, you know, the encouragement that can come through the Internet, you know, the enemy tries to stop the block of the gospel. We know the gates of hell won't prevail against the church. And and I heard this uh, really well said is, you know, gates don't move. So it's the believers were pushing on the gates and people are coming to know the Lord. And every situation around the world is a little bit different. There's more freedom, of course, here in Canada, but we have our issues here when it comes to, you know, sharing our faith. If you're in North Korea and you're found out to be a Christian, you can be put in prison with around 30,000 others that are currently in these concentration camps, Islamic countries, like Hindu country, like India, where there's just so many barriers, but yet God continues to go over those barriers. One of the ways uh, you've been talking about it is through the internet and, uh, you know, even getting people into small groups. So you're finding that in some of these restricted countries where it is very strong Islamic, they're actually finding groups where they can meet face to face with people. Uh, thank the Lord for the internet. So through the internet, we found people in very like strange cantors, like they, where there's like you said, we'll never share a gospel there. But through the internet, we found there's a brothers and sisters there. Through the internet, they starting home churches. Through the internet, is starting planting churches. No one he knows about that. Just God and through the internet that maybe we said like it is hard to be in this country. But it is not hard for the Lord. It is possible for the Lord. He can do everything. And for that, always I said, the internet, it is a treasure and grace from God for the nations who cannot mm. reach, but the, through the internet, we can reach them. Yeah, and then they sometimes will even meet in secret, you know, to have that fellowship. It's, uh, you know, God's people uh, want to be together. I know that during uh, COVID times, uh, you know, Christians here in Canada and the West were, you know, discouraged. We can't get together. Uh, of course, some did continue to meet. But, uh, you know, the, the being together, not forsaking the fellowship together and, and the coming together. And we know, of course, that is not uh, always easy in many of these nations. So at great risk, they do uh, come together. So so appreciate, uh, Nadala, what you're doing. And I know you're going to continue to do it. You have this strong passion and this heart for God uh, that's not only in the countries where, uh, Muslim countries, but even uh, even here in Canada, because so many Muslims are living in this nation, and uh, uh, you just have the right ability, that passion, you know, the culture, the language, uh, and of course, you know, your background in Islam helps you to be so effective. So just appreciate you, love you, brother. And before we go, I would love you to be able to uh, pray with us, and we'll join with you to pray, uh, because again, that's something that we need to do. It softens hearts, it softens our hearts, and it also helps our brothers and sisters knowing that they are not forgotten. So can you lead us in prayer? Yes, for sure. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your mercy and your grace. Thank you, Lord, for this time we have together. Thank you, Lord, because we're speaking about your kingdom. And thank you, Lord, we we always prize from your blessings and your grace in our life. Lord, uh, I pray for my nations, for my Muslim uh, friends, just to open their hearts. 
Lord, I pray to open their hearts, their spiritual eyes to know you as a Lord and Savior. Lord, I pray for uh, the Muslims here in Canada just to know you. I pray for the, the young and adult, for the men's and women's, for the children. Lord, open their hearts to know you as the Lord and Savior. I pray, Lord, for my uh, Canadian people, my Canadian brothers and sisters in you just to, to know you more and grow in their faith. And they can open their door down to different doors just to share with someone from different nation about your grace and your love and your saving. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we worship you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. And before we go, Nadella, I want to pray for you as well. Uh, you're doing amazing work, and uh, you and uh, Rochelle, and you know God has opened up so many doors, and I pray that he opens up many, many more doors. People need to hear this message of Jesus that you've experienced, that I've experienced. And of course, our uh, you know ways that we came to the Lord are very different, but God is drawing by his Holy Spirit. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for Nadella. Thank you for Rochelle. Thank you for the work that you're doing and uh, how you brought him to yourself and eventually here to Canada and uh, the friendships now that we have and, and seeing uh, the fruit of his work in this nation of Canada. I pray that that will continue here and beyond through a voice of faith as you are working in powerful ways. Many people are hungry. They're searching. They Some don't even know what they're searching for, but they come across the internet and they hear this radio program of this guy named Nadella who came to Jesus and how you uh, have drawn him to yourself and called him and, and then all he's endured and yet he is still strong in his faith and he won't deny you. And Lord, I just pray again for the finances to come in. I know there's some things that he wants to do and just some uh, more resources are needed to do that. Father, I just pray that you would open up the windows of heaven and, and just bless them in a way that they can be just fully devoted to the work that you've called them to do. I thank you for him, and I just pray your blessing upon him and his wife and uh, all those, Lord, that he continues to minister and continues to touch with the amazing message of Jesus. We pray this in your powerful name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much, uh, Nadella. And again, your website will be on our episode notes, voicefaith.net. That's voicefaith.net. And I'm also going to put a link on the episode notes, and you can watch this interview if you are listening to it on the podcast and uh, be able to see some of the uh, the photos of our dear brother and uh, just some of his journey along the way. And also, if I could ask you to write a review or share this podcast so others will know about it. We want people praying for the persecuted church and the uh, Lord getting a hold of our hearts. So there's so many brothers and sisters that are suffering because they love Jesus and we need to be praying for them. We need to be helping them so that they can be encouraged in their faith. Again, Nadella, thank you so much. You're very welcome, brother. And remember, the closer you are to Jesus, the closer you are to the fire. <laughs>